Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got actress Siobhan Fallen Hogan. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. First of all, I just want to scream again and say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Met Radio 1280 AM. You are so welcome. I'm it's my honor. Okay, and what would you like to tell Met Radio Toronto right now that they're hearing your voice? I would like to tell them that I have a fabulous movie, Shelter in Solitude, which has 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, will be streaming on Amazon, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu on December 14th. Wow, wow. We're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, you know, in the interview. So why don't we get to know Siobhan? Because you are almost in the industry for 30 30 years looking back at it yeah looking back at it what do you say well I'd say I'm I love what I do and I'm very grateful to have worked as long as I've worked and I I um you know I say to young actors you know it's it can be a rough road but be kind to everybody along the way and what goes around comes around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now how do you reject roles now given that 30 years ago you would probably be really scared to reject but you always stand that firm no if it goes against my beliefs i'm not doing it what do you encourage younger actors today where they're worried if i you know reject this i may never work again sure if if a young actor you know if if you read material that doesn't sit right with you in your stomach and you're like i can't i but i'm so desperate i want to do it don't do it because i i always say kind of like live your life backwards will you be proud of that you know so you have to be tough it's kind of like dating when you say no (laughs) when you say no you think still you know get more people that want to date you so anyway i you just got to stand your ground and stay true to your your own uh moral moral fiber you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are there roles that you have rejected when you started almost 30 years ago that you were worried that oh my god i may never work again oh definitely you think uh and you know you know the and it's hard with agents because you know they want to make money so um you know i had one agency got rid of me I think because of that because I was like there was a there was a movie that was I thought it was very disrespectful of the elderly anyway and my aunt had just passed away and I was like you know what I'm not going to do this because I, I just don't like the way they're treating the, the elderly and anyway so then shortly after I got a call that maybe things weren't working out so well <laughs> <laughs> now how did you get into the business well you know when I was a little kid I always loved performing and everything I'm from a big Irish family and um you know it's kind of like storytelling was the thing and humor was really touted as that you know like a lot of families are like what are your grades what are your grades my family is more like what's the funny story you got for me so um I remember I got a D in college in astronomy and my father said that's all right look look at this piece of pie it's like there's 65 percent of it left that's a lot of the pie that's don't worry about it but anyway um so I was a kid and I was always in the plays and then I went to college a little college in Syracuse I'm from Syracuse very near Toronto. I love Toronto. And um, I, my father said, well, go, you know, try to be a teacher or go to law school, do something practical. So I went all through college thinking I was going to do something practical. And then when I was a senior, I was like, you know, I still want to do the plays. I don't want to. Anyway. So I said, I'm not doing that dad. And he's like, well, you could be an actress on the side. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. So anyway, I stood my ground and I went to got my master's in acting at Catholic university down in Washington, DC. And then I went to New York city and I wanted to be a musical theater actress at first come to find out my voice 
wasn't good enough. So I said, you know what? When the going get tough, if you can't sing, get going. So um, so then I did it. I was in an improv comedy group that I auditioned for. And this guy said to me, you should write your own one woman show. So I, I basically wrote all the characters that I wished I could get cast in, what no one was casting me. And I caught the attention of critics. And then I got on SNL and um and Seinfeld. So that was those were the big stepping stones for me. Right, right, right. And let's talk about the TV shows because you have a list of TV shows you've been in. Seinfeld, Golden Girls, you made a special appearance in. Yes. Do you want to talk about some of the TV shows? Sure. So my very first TV show ever was The Golden Girls and I was Betty White's secretary. Can you imagine? <laughs> and I was I loved her. She was the best. And it was, it was, I thought I was part of the team. I'll never forget. TV Guide was a big thing then. And um I there was a picture of, you know, um all three of them, four of them probably on um the t- cover TV guide. And I cut out a hole and put my head in there too and gave it to them as a closing night present, as if one week was a closing night. And then Seinfeld, um, I had this, I was in this play called uh, American Splendor, which they ended up making into a movie about Harvey Picar, who's from Ohio's kind of blue collar comics. And I played all the parts and they came and saw it. And they said, we want you to audition for Elaine's roommate. And so I did. And um, I kind of did an imitation of this girl from home that I'm friends with. <laughs> <laughs> and so at that, the very first episode that I, that, that I did of Seinfeld, it was the first season and they didn't know they were going to get picked up. Wow. And so it was very interesting to see, you know, to go from them being wondering, are we going, you know, are we going to get picked up to, you know, the hottest show in the country? Right, right, right. And still the top 25 timeless, what do you call it? TV show yes. of all time, right? Yes. Yes. And and then it didn't stop there. Did you make an appearance on Friends too? You know, I didn't, but I auditioned for Friends and someone recently showed me a a magazine article. I think it was like Time Magazine or Newsweek or something. Then my name was on the short list. Okay. Not short enough though, apparently. (laughs) But you know, I did did a movie with Matthew Perry though. Oh, you did? Yes. Of course, he's your, the pride of Canada and so, so sad. Um, And he was a great guy. His dad was in the movie, was in um, Fool's and I played Selma Hayek's sister. I mean, not sister, best friend. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so you had very keen moments with Matthew Perry because as listeners know, he did pass away almost a yes. month ago. Yes, yes. So, so sad. And he was such a great guy and such a huge talent and really funny. Mm-hmm. His dad, so hilarious guy too. And we filmed it out in Las Vegas and we had a scene at the Grand Canyon and I was too, there was, they were going to take a little puddle jumper plane. And I was like, Matthew, I'm not getting in that puddle jumper. So he's like, my dad doesn't want to either. So the two of us and a couple other people took a, <laughs> there was a school bus that they rented with, and apparently, you know, come to find out it's a very bumpy ride or in those days it was, the roads weren't the best getting down to the Grand Canyon. So we were in the school bus bouncing our way over there. And then we got off and Matthew was like, how was the ride? And his father's like, don't ask. And Matthew Perry definitely is missed by you, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. And movies. All right. More movies, right? Um, Forrest Gump. Did you make an appearance in Forrest Gump? I did. I was the bus drivers, young and old. Yes. At the time, at that time, you know, I was just, it was one of the first movies that I did and I was on a daily rate. And so I was what they call second unit. So in other words, it would still 
film the big scenes. And then what they would plan on, you know, getting to the bus. But every day they'd be like, Vaughn, we're so sorry. We're not going to get to the bus. And I was like, no problem. I can come back again. So, um, you know, with, with the older, when I was the older Dorothy Harris, the bus driver, they had to do a lot of makeup to age me. I think I probably look like her now, maybe even worse. And um, anyway, so there was a lot of age makeup. So that then they'd put me in the makeup and I'd be right in the trailer there with Tom Hanks and Sally Fields and Robin Wright. You know, they didn't know Forrest Gump was going to be that big of a, of a hit. So it was not, um, you know, no one had their own trailer to do their makeup or anything like that. And it was, yeah, it was really lucky. And then in the bus was a, a lot of the producers' kids. And I forgot, I forgot to hit the brake once when they yelled cut and I slammed on the brakes and almost killed all the kids. <gasps> oh my goodness. They're like, lady, I'll hit my head. And I was like, keep it to a low roar because um, your parents are my employers. Now, Forrest Gump is turning 30 next year, 1994. What are your thoughts to 30 years ago, Forrest Gump debuted in theaters? I mean, it's so crazy how fast time goes when you get to be my age, because, you know, anybody my age will tell you, you know, they don't, you don't feel like that time could have possibly passed. Um, I have three kids now that are 28, 24, 21. I didn't even have kids then. I was, I was just newly married and it goes in a flash, but I'm so grateful to be such a part of such an iconic um, film. And, you know, Bob Zemeckis, who directed, of course, and his wife, Mary Ellen, and I became great, great friends. She is now looking down at me from heaven, but she she was like, became one of my best friends. You know, th- that's the thing about movies is, you know, a lot of times people ask you, you know, how was Men in Black? How was Forrest Gump? How was Seinfeld? But a lot of it is who you met or did I, or like Charlotte's Web, I got to bring my kids to Australia or I did, I did three movies with Lars von Trier over in Denmark. So a lot of it's, th- it's the whole experience, you know? Right, right, right. And that famous scene in Men in Black. Talk about that. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly, that when we filmed that, um, it was on the Little House on the Prairie set, the house. Right. So there was a huge string of rainstorms in LA. And of course, you know, it never rains in California, but girl, don't they warn you? Well, they could not get the truck up the hill to film the scene after we had already started filming it. So they couldn't like go to another set. So that was another one that turned into a long job because the the, the dirt out there is like, I guess it's not very porous or something. So it's you couldn't, they could not get the trucks up. So it was day after day that we go and they try to get the truck up and they'd say, oh, we, we're not gonna get to your scene today. But it was great. And, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, what, I mean, what a, and Barry Sonnenfeld, the director, is just an awesome guy. Right, and Vincent right. D'Onofrio, you know, he had the guy who played my husband. You know, I was I was the farmer's wife who he says, get your fat rear end in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I say anger your skin is falling off your bones but he um he's uh, the, the makeup that he had you know his eyes would dry out my my daughter was a baby then and I, and I didn't bring her to California because I didn't expect to be there more than a couple of days and I ended up being there like two weeks and Barry Sonnenfeld was like when we finally got up the hill let me ask um Vincent if he'll let you uh film you know do your angle first which you know the, the bigger the star you get to do your your side first and he was such a good guy that he's like I know you missed your baby you can go you can go first and then you can fly out so he, I really always appreciated that wow 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 and you know do you get fans that tease you about your scene in men in black where you know they take the picture and your your hair's all goofed up (laughs) yes and will smith improvise that because damn you you know you look like terrible and that was you know a lot of that was improvised because i'm from upstate new york and i knew 
you know, matter of fact, when I went in for that audition, um, I wasn't supposed to be that role. And I said to Barry, I was supposed to give birth to the alien. And I said, listen, oh. I don't want to give birth to, to an alien. I want to be the farmer's wife. And he's like, oh, like, who do you think you are? So I, I said, listen, I'm from Casanova, New York. I know a lot of farmers. I, I This is my people. Trust me. So so I always was so grateful for that, too. Yes. So anyway, so so I ended up, he cast me as the, as the farmer's wife. And matter of fact, it was, it was a snowstorm in New York City. I went in the morning and it was at the Regis Hotel and I rang the buzzer. They said, oh, you can call up to Mr. Sonnenfeld's room. So I rang the buzzer and he said, Siobhan, you're not supposed to be here till this afternoon, three o'clock. And I was like, well, I don't have a babysitter. And he's like, bring the baby. So I get to the audition. I go home and I had a babysitter in the morning. I put the baby in like a front pack. I go through the, the, the Central Park. It's a snowstorm. And the baby's in one of those, you know, inside my coat. And I get there and I said, oh my gosh, who's going to hold the baby? Barry's like, I'll hold the baby. So he held the baby while I did the audition. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you have a lot of stories now. Now that you can just laugh about, yes. and what do you call? It? You'll have them to tell for generations and generations. I, it's crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> All I right. Remember, I was in. I was in Canada actually doing a movie when, um, when, when, when Men in Black came out, and I watched it in Canada. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. It, yes. All right. And how was what do you call? How did you feel about watching it in Canada back then in '97? I was like, wow, I think this is going to be a big hit. The audience seems to really like it apparently i was right <laughs> and it was number one yes. in the box office back in the summer of 1997 did you like the song here come the men in black <laughs> <laughs> yes. all right all right and then it didn't stop there do you want to tell the listeners it didn't stop there in the 2000s you were in more tv and movies do you want to tell us that it sure. didn't stop there sure so i was lucky enough to do a lot of movies you know the negotiator um i did i did one with um oh morgan freeman and, and um my gosh what's the name of michael kane and um alan arkin who just passed um what it's about a bank robbery i can't remember the name of the movie mm -hmm. and i did the tv series wayward pines with Crazy enough, I have been in um, three, uh, one TV show and two movies with Matt Dillon. So I did wow. Wayward Pines with Matt Dillon. We shot it in Vancouver. That was a, it was a great. Uh, TV series. And then I did, I've done three um, Lars von Trier movies, as I said, one of which I was at the Cannes Film Festival with Matt Dillon again, the house that Jack built with Lars just before COVID. And um, I did the one with Bjork, who won the Cannes um, Palme d'Or for Dancer in the Dark. So three movies I've done in Denmark and then Dogville, it was Nicole Kidman and Ben Gazer and all these greats. Um, and then, um, so I did, you know, I've done a lot of movies over the years and um, Holes and anyway, but then I said to myself, when well, my youngest daughter was going to college, um, what am I going to do with myself? Because, you know, as, an, as a character actress, you work about, you know, three to six months out of the year. And I was like, what am I going to do the rest of the other six months? So I said, maybe I'll try my hand at writing. So that's when I wrote my first film, Rushed, which Robert Patrick from The Terminator stars in. And my director from Denmark, Vibeka Musaya. And we... The, the movie did really well and it's on Amazon and Apple and all that now was in the theaters. And so I, and then right when I thought that that was finishing in 2021, I wrote my newest movie, Shelter and Solitude, which was all over the country in the United States um, just a couple weeks ago. And now it's going to be on Amazon, Apple, iTunes and everything. And that stars Robert Patrick again from The Terminator. Dan Castellaneta, who is um, Homer Simpson, the voice of Homer Simpson, he plays prison guard. My son, Peter, is the music supervisor and he's in the movie. It's, he has gotten great reviews as Chris the Young Cop. Wow. I play a washed up country singer who guards a guy on a man on death row, played by Peter Macon, who's absolutely superb. And um, 
you know, we got, it's just gotten great reviews. I feel really fortunate and I've done a lot of, that's why I appreciate you having me on just to the Seth Meyers show and just promoting it like crazy to get people to watch it, Shelter in Solitude um, on the 14th when it comes out. Wow, 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 wow. And um, there is something with Anne Hathaway that you're starring in. You want to talk about that as well. Sure, which just comes out today. Um, My gosh, what is wrong with me? So yes, so William Oldroyd, who's a fabulous um, director, from England, um, he did Lady Macbeth, and um, he directed this film, Eileen, and it stars Anne Hathaway and Thomas and Mackenzie. And I, I have this prison theme going. So in Shelter and Solitude, I play a washed-up country singer turned prison guard, and in Eileen, I play a prison secretary from Boston. So I got to do a Boston accent, which was really fun. Work with Anne Hathaway, which she's a doll, and Thomas and Mackenzie, who's fabulous. You know, people know her from Jojo Rabbit, and she's a fabulous young actress from New Zealand. And um, yeah. So that is out today. That is out today. And what can the listeners look out for? In You mean in Eileen or in-, in Yeah, up- in Eileen. Up- and what what can they look out for? What's going to draw them to watch well, Eileen? Well, it is, it is a thriller that keeps you on the edge of your seat. And I like it so much because it's a period piece. So, you know, it's, it's like the 60s. And so you get to see all that cool costuming and smoking cigarettes. Everybody's smoking in the office like they used to do. And beautiful <laughs> costumes. Costumes and the unbelievable cinematography. And, and it was a huge hit at Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival. So I think, you know, if you like a good thriller, it's it's, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, do you always like playing the secretaries? Well, you know, I guess I don't know what's going on because uh, I did New in Town with Renee Zellweger, which we filmed in Canada and Harry Connick Jr. I was the secretary. Now they mentioned I never even thought of this, but I was her secretary and I was Wayward Pines. I was Matt Dillon's secretary. What's with the theme? I guess I'm a, I guess in my last life, I must've been a secretary or a prison guard. <laughs> How do you feel about being typecast? Cause there are younger actors and actresses that do complain. Why am I top typecast listen, only for this role? Oh, listen, I don't complain at all. I'm always grateful for whatever roles I get to play. Um, and, you know, look, if you look a certain way, you look a certain way. What are you going to do? I'll never forget when I left graduate school and went to New York City and they were like, OK, you're a character actress. And I was like, which basically means, you know, you're kind of funny. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you won't be playing any any uh, love interests. Although I did. I was in The Bounty Hunter with Gerard Butler and I got to kiss him. Then they mocked me on um, on Entertainment Tonight. They said, is that Susan Boyle kissing Gerard Butler or is that Siobhan Fallon? I said, Gerard, they mocked me. He said, well, that's not very nice. You- Susan Boyle's m- much better looking than you are. Oh, <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> he was kidding. He was kidding. You know, I love Susan Boyle, by the way. So another secretary in 2024. Are we going to play another secretary in upcoming project? Oh, my gosh. Let's hope. Let's hope. I actually wrote a play that um, we're going to be doing a reading of in New York in January, hoping for investors. And um, I am not a secretary in that. I'm an actress in that. How about that? Okay. I guess if no one's going to write me not as a secretary, I have to write for myself as the prison guard and rushed. I was the mother. <laughs> All right. And what else do we have in 2024? 2024. Well, well, you know, I've been so focused on marketing shelter and solitude that 
now I'll be able to relax. And of course, there was the strike. You know what I mean? So, yes. but, I, but I actually did just do a movie out in um in L.A. called Portland is the New Portland, and Creed from The Office is in it. And I did I, I did a film in New York a couple of weeks ago called NYX. But I, I imagine those. You know, it takes so long to edit. I if they come out in the fall, they'll be lucky. You know, you I'll never forget when I was in Denmark and Lars von Trier said to me, "I can only do a movie every two years." And I was like, "What's that about?" And now I know why because you know the editing takes so long, and then you want to market it properly and there's just so much involved. Right, right, right. Now, you had mentioned, and we know the Hollywood strike is over. It was 118 days. What are What is your take to that now that it is over? Do well, I mean, thank God, because really it was actually kind of longer than that because of the writer's strike. It's like, yeah, you could act if you wanted to, but no one was, no shows were on. So it's been so long and hard on everybody. You know, I mean- I feel, you know, so many um, actors won't make their insurance. You know, you get your insurance, I believe, in Canada, but we don't. So you have to make a certain amount. So it's it's so rough. Thank God it's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is longer. It was longer because listeners, first it was the writers, then the actors. But do you see AI taking your image and using it as a secretary? What well, is your take to that? I have to, to get that? permission, so I will not give it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving my face for the modeling. That okay. I do. Hey, but even if they pay even if they pay you big bucks? Oh, no way. I don't believe in it. I think it's un American, un, un, un forget American, un Canadian, unhuman, inhuman. I think it's wrong. It's all wrong. Right, right, right. Even if they say, well, that's the way to go today. Well, too bad. I've 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 said no in the past, I'll say no again. <laughs> 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 All right. So I know 2024 again. Is there anything that you need to mention in 2024 about your movies, your TV roles, anything that's coming up in 2024 that the listeners need well, to I be aware? Well, I that my play, um, it's called Mother's Last Day. It's a comedy about my mom. She lived two months shorter. She was 97 years old. And I have three sisters and we're this crazy Irish family and a brother and, and my aunt and how we took care of her for the last week jammed into one day so let's hope let's let's hope it's going to be on broadway let's just hope that all right fingers crossed and what's your message to other actors and actresses again we moved away from the strike hopefully they may agree with the tentative agreement soon but but do you think we could be back on strike in 2026 sure God, I hope not. Here's the thing. Um, People have to stand firm, but it's always, I tell young actors, it's also very important to write your own material, which I have, you know, every time I had a lull in my career, I would write write a one person show. I did them in New York. I've done them in LA. And, um, and the reason that then when I, my daughter's going off to college, as I said, I have three kids, I was like, you know what, I'm going to write a movie. And so if you can take as much, it's so hard. One of the hardest things about being an actor or a writer is the down, the in-between times, you know, that you think, oh no, all is lost. My last job was my last job. <laughs> but if you can write and you can keep the, the work going yourself, it's it's uh, a much easier deal. Right, right, right. Would you ever write a story about your life? Oh my gosh. Well, sure, why not? But I mean, I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I need to do a little bit more before I'm, I do that. I worked with Kirk Douglas. My very first movie was with Kirk Douglas Greedy with uh, Michael J. Fox and Phil Hartman, may rest in peace, was was my husband. 
he was writing his memoirs then, and I remember he said, it's the greatest thing you can do because you you, know, you get to li- relive sort of what, what you know, your, the good memories anyway. Right, right, right. Well, if you do bring it to the big screen or to one of those streaming services, which younger actress would play you today? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't want to insult anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there must be somebody you could think of. That's a good question. How about me? My, you know, my daughter's an actress. My daughter, Sinead, she's a fat, she's in both my films. I guess it would, I'd have to give it to her. I wouldn't be able to go to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Dinner. <laughs> okay. We'll have your daughter play. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you like to throw out your social media platforms? Absolutely. So if people want to watch Shelter in Solitude, December 14th on Amazon, Apple, Voodoo, I, you know, iTunes, um, my, they can follow us on Instagram at Shelter in Solitude or oh. my Instagram, which is Siobhan Fallon Hogan. And that's spelled funny. It's S-I-O-B-H-A-N and then Fallon Hogan. And you'll know exactly what's going on and when. And we're, you know, we're hoping for an Indie Spirit Award. Um, and you can read about us on um, Rotten Tomatoes and see all our great reviews and IMDb as well. And if you like the movie, give us a good review on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Right, right, right. So, uh, Siobhan, if it never wins an award, does that mean the project was still good? Because there's some actors and actresses that base their, you know, career off of awards. What do you oh my say God. to that? I, I say, do not even worry about the awards. That's just gravy. You just want to do great work because who knows what goes into picking people for awards? You know, you just don't, the, the awards are just, that's just, um. what do they say? The, the candles, uh, the candles on the cake, but that's not all the candles. It's like a one of them. I mean, if you get your movie out there and you touch a life, like this movie, Shelter and Solitude, you know, like I told you it's about a, a pr- pr- death row prisoner and it's about hope and redemption. And it's going to play in the um, federal state prisons on the day it opens. And the sheriff called me from Albany, New York and said, oh my gosh, this gives such hope to people. And people say, oh, I want to go back and see that again because, it, you know, the feeling, you know, the the, the characters are so relatable and there's, you know, it's what, what uh, you know, there's so much turmoil going on in the world right now. It's what people need. So I think if you can just give a spark of hope or some escape to an audience member, you know, the awards are just you know, that's just for ego. And I mean, it does help the movie for sure, but that's not what's important. Okay. Okay. So if I don't want an Oscar, it doesn't mean I'm not a good actor or an exactly. actress. Exactly. Exactly. And you I never mean, know. You There may be some actors or actresses that may never win an award, exactly. but it doesn't mean they're not good at their craft. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I, love independent filmmaking and John Cassavetes, you know, his films, um, I really use them as a template. Those were independents. They, they, they weren't, you know, nominated. So. Okay. All right. Any final things you would love to tell Met Radio Toronto? I would like to say God bless Toronto. Thank you for having me on and please watch Shelter and Solitude September, uh, pardon me, I'm saying September, December 14th in two weeks. Um, And I hope you enjoy Eileen if you see that and thank you so much for everything. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed getting to know you. And again, I wish I could scream even louder. (laughs) (laughs) You're great. Because I feel like me just watching you and then who knew like I when I watched Men in Black and then watching you 20 something years later that I got to talk to you I just 
it brings almost tears to my eyes. <laughs> well, I'm flattered and I thank you. All right. All right. Thank you so much for Met Radio 1280 AM. I am Donovan LaCroixy. You can throw out your name again. I would love to thank actress Siobhan Fallon Hogan. And thank you to the listeners for listening. Thank you again, Siobhan. Have a great day.